Spare Room is a Nice Guy, and I am your host, MNG. And today, we're going to talk about, well, I want to talk about how not having a father has impacted me in being a father. So often I think about how I am as a father and how I was raised without a father and what would have been different if I had my father in my life and what would be the big, the big, I guess the big change. And it's kind of difficult to kind of compare it to other people's lives that I know that have their father in their life and, and see how they react or act with their children or react and act with their wives or their girlfriends, but they had their father in their life versus how I act and react to my uh, significant other or my or my son. And I didn't have a father in my life, but I had a lot of father figures. So if we talk about being raised without a father, I think I want to go all the way back because my father was kind of in and out of my life. And I know it was to no fault of his own, at least that's what I was told. But for the most part, growing up, I rarely seen him and I seen him come and go. I seen, oh, I've heard a lot of empty promises from him. You no, know, he would tell me that he would come, he would come pick me up, or he would tell me that we were going and do certain things, but none of that stuff would actually happen. So there were a lot of stories or lies being told or unfulfilled promises. And I guess that's one thing that I did pick up is that I want to be able to keep my promises. So when I'm giving my word, I am locked in, ironclad going to give my word. If I can't give my word or meet that expectation, I'm not going to commit to it. And I think that is one of the things from all of those disappointments that I went through with my dad, it has made me more aware of my capacity to keep my promises and to keep my word. And if I can keep it, I will. If I can't, I just won't. And I think that's one of the things that's been real prevalent to me, especially with raising my son, is if I say that I'm going to do it, that I'm going to make it happen. And I kind of been like that with all of my relationships. Making things happen, regardless of the incapability in some cases, and just trying to be there for everyone and try to um, make myself accessible so I can make things happen for people because I know how it feels not to be be there, be cared for, or somebody being there. Now, even without my father being there, because for some reason he wasn't, um, but I'll get to that soon. But my mom wasn't there. I was kind of raised by my grandmother and my auntie. So my mom was out working. Young teenage mother, working, trying to get an apartment, trying to get a car, trying to put food on the table, trying to do everything that she possibly could to make sure that I had everything that I needed. So, like I said, I was raised by my grandmother and I was raised by my auntie, so I had a different perspective when it came to being raised. My grandma was really strict. Uh, my auntie was kind of laid back. 
So it was kind of the difference of both where you know, my grandma from the silent generation and then my auntie pretty much from the baby boomer generation. So I kind of had like two different approaches to, to parenting. My grandma wasn't lax on me by any means. And my auntie was kind of kind of cool. She had her her strict moments, but between you know with her raising me and my cousin, you know, it was kind of like you know foot on the pedal, foot on the gas, foot on the pedal, foot on foot on the gas. So, but being raised by my father and not seeing him as much as I did, except for the times that he came in and he left, I cherished those moments as much as I could because I guess I would never see him again. And then it forced me as an, as an adult, when I became a father, to want to be in my son's life even more because I didn't want him to miss out on a key figure. And then I didn't want a father figure to step in and experience the things that I was supposed to experience. And I was experiencing them secondhand. That would, I mean, you can't imagine and so I guess some guys can't imagine being on the sideline while the father figure, uncle, stepfather, any other person, school teacher, whatever, is there celebrating your child's accomplishments and they're looking up to that person and not looking up to you because you're not there for whatever reason, whether it's on your own accord, whether it's you don't have the capacity to, you're incapable, or you're being set to the side. And I think those are the instances where I'm just, I can't be in, I can't be that person. I can't be that person. I have to be the person that is in the front row cheering my son on. And I want to be that example and that pillar for him. And my father not being there showed me that I had to be that pillar. I had to step up way higher than my counterpart. You know, I.E. his mother, I had to step up and I could not let her deny me the reason not to see or be there for my son. So when we talk about, so I want to talk about father figures. Now I had quite a few father figures in my life, just being raised. Uh, my mom dated a few guys that were father figures to me that if I, if I seen them today, no, I would dap them up. What's up? How you doing? Hey, I hope everything is going well. It was never any kind of bad blood or anything. They were just cool people. There's no shade against my dad for what they brought to my life because they all had a pivotal uh, moment in my life that made me who I am today. Even some of the some of the dark. Um, days that I went through because there were dark days so even some of the dark days that I went through and I experienced all those were um, either either I went through with one of my father figures meaning they was there to support me or they was there to uh, kind of walk me through it and just be my guy you know be that support system and then there were some that kind of created that storm it's no fault of their own because they are who they are, but they kind of created that storm and it brought me and I went through that storm and going through that storm, going through that struggle, you see things and you become aware of things that 
you know in your heart that you wouldn't even want your your worst enemy to go through at times. Those events change you in such a way at the core that even when you become an adult, you're still holding on to that whole event that you no longer need to grasp anymore. You don't need to grasp onto them events and you have to move past them. Some people can move past them a little bit more naturally than others, but and then there's some people that may need therapy to go through that. But however a person decides to kind of shake off that residue from that storm, that debris from that storm, is up to them. Now, one of my father figures, he was a school principal. He put me onto a lot of different programs. And from the programs, I see how they highlighted my life and they introduced me to a lot of things, a lot of activities, a lot of people, uh, a lot of situations, even college life that I wouldn't have not experienced if it wasn't for that program. So from that, I learned to put my son in a whole lot of programs. So as he started to come up, every time I seen the program, oh, you want to join this program? You know, he was junior optimist club. He was in chess club. You know, he was in robotics. Now he was in all these different activities that they technically didn't have when I was coming through high school. Like I was in a rewarding youth achievement club. And I was only in those clubs because of the principal. Well, at the time when I met him, he was a counselor. But we used to have real thought-provoking conversations. And these conversations enlightened him to where my mind was at the time. Because as a teenager, we all know sometimes you can't talk to your parents. Sometimes your parents are your best friend. Other times, they're not. And even as a teenager, my mom wasn't always there. So I didn't really have the oversight. I didn't really have the parents. I really had a guidance. So I was kind of just out in the wind doing whatever I wanted to do. You no know, hanging out late, you no know, having you no know, good time, having fun. But my counselor, he was always on my head at school, always challenging me, listening to me, keeping me on the right track. And I don't think without him, you can, you'll be able to relate to and meet. So I would try to make sure that he was in a club that kind of went along with uh, his personality. I mean, my son pretty much has the same personality. You know, we pretty much laid back, real cool, um, real thought-provoking love, theories and conversations. So but I try to put him in those, those atmospheres where he'll be able to kind of step outside of his comfort zone and excel in a way where he you know he, he, he can use for college I'm not saying that I want to be college bound but he can be college bound and he can or he can go to trade school but you know giving him the exposure that he needs to be able to make those informed decisions yeah and I had another father figure he was more like my older brother but you know I met him when I was at, I, when I worked, used to work at Burger King. And, you know, he would come through, you know, we would, you know, talk and everything. Like, he was real cool, my mom. So, you know, we would talk and everything. And, you know, he introduced me to another way of life. But this way of life was more so self sufficient for the real world. You know, you know he was a handyman, knew how to work on stuff. And me, I was the kind of person, like, I don't want to work with my hands. 
at the time, this I was, I didn't work with my hands, but I would rather pay, you know, go ahead and do work myself because then I can make sure it gets done. But he was like, nah, why pay somebody to change your oil when you can change it yourself? And I'm like, bro, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. That's, that's not my life. Like, I don't want to get dirty. I'm like, do you see how crisp and clean I am? Bro, I don't want to get dirty. But he showed me the value of working with your hands, the appreciation of being able to fix something, knowing that you did it right and admire it. I started working on my car, started changing the oil, changing the brakes, changing. I just started doing a little minor work on a car and I learned the value of working with my hands, being a hands-on operator. Now, I know it may seem like, well, what? how do you pass that on? Well, from working with my hands and being hands-on, I realized that I learned better doing it myself. So if I'm on, if I'm doing on-the-job training, yeah, sit in the classroom and teaching and showing me something, yeah, I can learn like that. But the better way I can learn, the more efficient way I can learn is by going in there, putting my hands on whatever I need to be doing and just do it continuously. That's how I learn. That works better for me than to sit there in a classroom and you sitting here telling me it, telling me word for word of what I should know and how I should know it or putting a test in front of me, that doesn't work for me. But if I get up under that hood on the car and I have to change the oil, after doing it the first time, I got it. After working with it for a bit, like I got it. Even at work now, I get assignments. And once I get it done, do it the first time, some of it takes a little bit more repetition because of the complexity of it. But if it's real simple, I can get it the first time and it's good to go. I don't even need it any more times than that. So I've, and I had a few more father figures that have come around, come and gone, that have shown me things, whether they was there for a season, as they say, or a reason, but they would come and go and they would show me different aspects of life that I just wasn't attuned to or wouldn't have been attuned to if it wasn't for them coming in and saying, hey, let me show you this. Hey, let me show you that. And I was open to that knowledge. Even now, when I look back and I think about the father figures that I've had, I am really appreciative for all of those, for all of them that actually came into my life and showed me something good and the bad. I wouldn't be as knowledgeable and as strong as I am today if it wasn't for them. And I would want you to think back to a father figure that was there for you and put, they just, they just poured into you. Those are kind of people that will walk, will, that can walk you through life with, if you have a father, which you don't have a father. I do believe it takes a village to raise a child. I do believe in that. And the more you focus on the village aspect, the more, I feel like the more well-rounded you become. You don't need a primary focus of people to just focus on your important to you when you can have more than that and you can have an expanded knowledge from everywhere. That that's That's my opinion on that one. So, 
Right around the time I turned 19, I realized a few truths. But also, I like to say two things can be true at the same time. But I realized a few truths. One of the truths is that I invited my dad back into my life at 19. The reason why I did this is because I got very curious about where I came from. Because I didn't really look like my mom or act like my mom. You know, I kind of had a rebellious nature and I was a little bit of everything at like 19, 22, I was a little bit of everything. So I wanted to actually understand where I came from. I wanted to understand who my dad was. I wanted to get a better understanding of my father's side of the family. Like who are them people? What do they do? How do they, they handle certain situations? Because I know on my mom's side, is a little different. You know, they was a little separated, so to speak. You know, family issues, but they're separated. On my dad's side, it wasn't so much of that. You know, they can pretty much come together and have a good time and talk to each other. And it wasn't no kind of, no animosity or vengeful or grudge or anything like that. It wasn't nothing like that on my dad's side. So I invited my dad back into my life and we started catching up and I started telling him everything. So he told me why he wasn't in my life. It's because he kept getting fed stories about us moving, him not being able to see me, all of those things. Now, how true is that? I don't know. As I stated, two truth, two things can be true at the same time. He could definitely say that he wasn't given access to me and then on the other side which my mom's story is that he just wasn't around two things could be true i'm not here to tell the story of who was right who was wrong i'm more so relating this to why i'm in my son's life and why i decided to step up and why i decided to be there because i had to move past in order to get to know my dad I had to move past all the drama of why he wasn't around and actually listen to what he had to say. And I, had to and I gave him so many chances to be in my life that you know we have such an ironclad relationship now. And when I say I gave him so many chances to be in my life, I'm actually just referring to like, um, the times I was a teenager and up. Because at that time, it wasn't nothing really stopping him from being in my life. I was, a, I was pretty much a teenager. So I'll say about 16, I was pretty much in and out of the house anyways. So it really wasn't no, oh, well, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. You can't go talk to Like I pretty much do my own thing by that time. So we developed this great relationship. And I realized where a lot of my personality came from was my dad. And from fostering that relationship, and don't get me wrong, me and my dad did a lot of things together. Like we had a lot of fun together. You know, once we started to, you know, communicate more and hang out more and have conversations, we built such a great relationship that I value so much now. And we laugh when we think back on the days where we would hang out and have fun. We would have stories to tell uh, to, our, to his grandson, my son. And, we, and you know, it's kind of how we built 
that relationship. And I wanted to build the same, not the same type of relationship. I wanted to build something similar with my son, which is an open door. You can come and talk to me about anything. You know, we can laugh, we can joke, we can hang out. We got some of the same interests. You know, me and my son, we play video games together. And we go hang out together. Now he is about to be 17. So he's kind of like, well, dad, I got my own friends. You know, I play online with my own friends. He got his own category of games. So, <laughs> Uh, so he just he's just doing his own thing at this point in time. So I'm just kind of like, come here, son. Like, remember we used to have do movie day. He didn't want to do movie day with me no more. So he like, yeah, dad, whatever. I doing that. But I've learned a lot of lessons along the way with being in my son's life and experiencing my dad at the same time. He was able to walk me through some of the core processes and well he was able to walk me through the shadiness of the court process even though when, when he went to court was outside of the county that I was in but from his mistakes and what happened to him and listening to his stories it gave me the mindset that I had to go a little harder and fight a little longer so that I wouldn't be in the same situation as he was in now my dad resulted and just paying child support and not exercising his rights to see his kids. And I kind of think that's what the big issue was. I'm not saying he wasn't trying to be there or he just or he just gave up because I've seen him try. You know, I have another brother and sister that he has other kids and I seen him try. I rode with him. I seen him try. I see him getting denied. He didn't exercise and use the tools of the courthouse to be to say like I have the right to see my kids I'm paying the child support I should be able to see them per the child support order because there is a child support order and in that order it basically states how much time the father gets with the child or vice versa the mother gets with the child however that order is written whether who, whomever is uh, in violation of that order, you can definitely take their asses back to court and say, hey, these motherfuckers ain't allowing me to see my child. And let the court make the decision at that point. And there's no need to go back and forth. There's no need to fight. It's so much technology out here nowadays. You can file a case. And I know it takes money. I know it takes time. And it is a bother. It is a pain. It is the whole nine yards. But let me tell you, you need to exercise your rights. To the fathers out there that's on the other side of the line that don't have custody of their kids, you need to go ahead and fight. Use those experiences and fight. Don't, if you have the capacity to be in your child's life, be there. There is a value in being in a child's life. There is a value to that. There, especially black families, there is a value to being in that child's life. Whether it's a girl or a boy, it is a value for that black man to be in that child's life. It is a value for that man to be in that child's life. And women, I urge you to do what's in the best interest of the child to do what's in the best interest of the child because as long as you're putting your best foot forward and you're doing it in the best interest of the child, 
door, I can honestly tell you that doors will open up for you. You're taking money away from the child by going and do X, Y, Z with it. All that money should be dedicated to that child. You're stopping the father or the other parent from seeing the child. Now, I'm not saying if this person is abusing himself and abusing the child, let them see him. I'm not saying that shit at all. Everything is circumstantial. But just be mindful of the outcome of the child later on. That's all I'm going to say. Just be mindful of the outcome of the child the child later on because they will have, they can or possibly have, I'm going to say will, possibly have, you know, traumatic, traumatic experiences by not having, well, not traumatic, but they may have some experiences because they don't have a father figure or a father in their life that guide them in certain ways. Little girls, for how they should be treated by a man, and for boys, how to be a man. That was a lot. All right. So I'm MNG. I am your host, a Pharaoh Miss Nice Guy. It is not what you think. I will see you next time. Make sure you follow our page uh, on Instagram, Farewell MNG. Drop us a line. If you like this, we it's a survey at the end. Not a survey, it's a question. It's a question at the end. Answer the question. I don't know what the question is, but answer the question, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us on this unfiltered journey with Farewell Mr. Nice Guy. We hope today's conversation brought you fresh insights and a renewed embrace of authenticity. To keep the canon vibes flowing, hit the subscribe button for more thought-provoking episodes and share the podcast with your friends. As we wrap up, keep embracing your true self, navigating life's twists and making connections truly count. Until next time, remember that your journey to authenticity and growth is one to cherish.